in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's so great being with you all. And uh, do you realize three years ago, Chris and Lydia weren't here? It's pretty amazing when you look at what God's done in a very, very short order of time. And, uh, you know, such a blessing. Of course, Chris came to our Bible college. Then he had arranged marriage. I picked his wife for him, which happened to be my daughter. I said, we could be on that TV show. They have a TV show now that, that I picked my, uh, my daughter's husband. But anyway, it's such a great joy. Of course, my beautiful wife, Marilee, and she has family here as well. Her brother-in-law and uh, family is back here from where in Utah? West Jordan. So they're over here today. But let's open our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. It's a by-faith chapter. It's exactly how we're to live. You know, lots of people, when it comes to New Year's, uh, they want to make New Year's resolutions, and they have all these dynamic things that they're going to change. And the reality is, and lots of them, uh, you know, the year comes and goes, and those changes don't last. Uh, you know, I, I, of course, am going to lose weight for the new year. <laughs> I, uh, Chris and I were discussing this fact. We put on holiday weight. We're still trying to figure out which holiday of which year that was, but <laughs> hopefully uh, we could do something about it. But this is way, way more important. This is something that guides us through our entire life. It is by faith. And here's what you're going to hear through this honor roll of faith. It's by faith. It's by faith. It's by faith. When Chris and Lydia stepped out, by faith, asking the Lord, and Marilee actually had a part, and uh, of course Salt Lake Calvary uh, as well had a part, of going, where's the greatest need? And Chris and Lydia were willing to answer that call and leave everything. And I remember how exciting it was to come, and when they first met in their home, remember that? How many were here when they were meeting in their home? And then uh, from the home, we got that side of the building, which was amazing. Then we opened up into this side. And now look where you are. You have a coyote calling class. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I've been in a lot of churches. I've never been in one that had a coyote calling class. I got to tell you a funny story. I'm from Kansas. That last picture that you had for the worship with the flat and the wheat, that, that was uh, our home. But we would hunt coyotes in Kansas because they were obviously a nuisance to our cattle and stuff. But the way we hunted coyotes, way more fun. We got in pickups with 22 pistols driving through the fields like at 50 miles an hour. <laughs> and they would shoot the coyotes out the pickup window. I remember one time we went over a terrace. My dad was driving. I hit the ceiling and the gun went off. <laughs> I looked at myself to make sure I hadn't shot myself, you know, first. And we got to deal with first things first. And, yep, Dad's still alive, too, you know. And I, I'm going, where'd it go? I know it didn't go out the window. Well, in those days, pickups had a uh, door panel there or a, where the vent window was. There was actually a bar. I hit the bar. Yeah. <laughs> Took us about two hours to figure it out, but... And then my dad used language I can't use here. But anyway, <laughs> that's how we hunted coyotes. But I want to begin in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. My friends, number one, what is faith? Faith is simply believing in God, believing in the Messiah, the Savior. Now, here's the problem. I don't care whether you grew up in a house that went to church. I don't care whether you married somebody who went to church. I, I'm not talking about a cultural faith. I'm not talking about being close to faith. I'm talking of living by faith where I have asked Jesus into my heart to be my personal Lord and Savior. Nothing else matters in this. So faith is the substance, it's the realization, it's the confidence of those things hoped for, of the evidence of things not seen. 
And the reality, my friends, is the most important things are not seen. You see, I have a body. This is how people recognize me. But I want to tell you, there's going to be some day the last breath leaves out of this body. Okay? It's just going to be a corpse. So this is not eternal. You know, and God's so merciful to us. The older we get, the more he convinces us we don't want to live in this body forever. <laughs> you know, if you're a man, he does like wonderful things like hairs fall off your head and grow in your nose. Well, that helps, you know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I want to go to heaven. But the reality is this. The most important things you can't really touch. Can you touch love? Can you touch joy? Can you touch faith? No, you can't touch any of those things. You can't touch that which is the most valuable. And the most valuable is we have a soul that is eternal. So when I take my last moment, my last breath, my soul goes on. The question is, where is that soul going to reside forever? And there's only two choices. It's either heaven or hell. And my friends, again, it doesn't count that you're close. It doesn't count that maybe you're married to a Christian or you have Christian kids or you have Christian parents or you celebrate Christmas. Those things aren't what matters. What matters is that you have that living faith within your heart. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. As we go through the honor roll of faith today, here's one of the things we're going to see. These men and women were not perfect. It's, it's one of the proofs that the Bible was not written by man because if man wrote the Bible, there'd be chapters that would be left out because the Bible doesn't gloss over man's failings and it doesn't gloss over man's sin. So we have this treasure in earthen vessels. There is no one of us that's perfect. And the scripture goes on in 2 Corinthians 4 Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction is what, what for a moment is working in us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. My friends, every time you drive by a junkyard, I want you to remember something. Every vehicle in there was once somebody's dream. There's nothing there. Are these chairs eternal? This building eternal? As I mentioned, I'm from Kansas. Farming has changed in Kansas from the days I was there. When I was there, we had a large farm. We had 2,000 acres. Today, the people that farm our farm farm 20 times that just the father and son and so because of that nobody lives out in the country anymore and you watch and what happens and I, I'm talking three-story homes will eventually be swallowed back into the earth the trees start growing up around them little saplings and pretty soon the foundation breaks and the coons tear off the roof and everything just disintegrates you leave it long enough the earth swallows it back up so nothing here lasts forever. So all those things that we spend so much time for, and that's why the Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. My friends, there is nothing greater that we could possibly ever have as our end in, in when we die to hear the words of our Lord and Savior, well done, good and faithful servant. Come now and share in your master's happiness. The older that I get, the more that I realize I want to finish well. Because there's a lot of people who don't finish well. And the whole book of Hebrews has some pretty strong warnings. Is it possible to drift away? You know, could, could this be the year that you would drift away? Number one, is it even possible to drift away? Well, the book of Hebrews says in chapter 2 to be very careful to heed these things. Therefore, 
we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. So, my friends at our church, we have a saying that we say quite often. It's read your Bible and pray every day. Say it with me. Read your Bible and pray every day. I, I want to tell you as you begin a, a new year, it's really not that complicated. It's not that complicated to live by faith. And that is every day of our life, when we wake up in the morning before our feet ever hit the ground, we just pray in our heart for this day that we're going to have. I encourage people to read through the Bible in a year. There is such an easy way to do that now. If you get a smartphone, download the Version Bible. For me, it works. I, I want to tell you, there have been many times I had the book and, uh, you know, I got behind and then finally ended up giving up. But with this, I am able to do it. And the wonderful thing is you're sitting in a doctor's office. you got 15 minutes to wait. You can catch up two or three days right then and there. You're waiting on the tire of your car to be changed. You can catch back up. You're setting, waiting to pick up your kids from school. You can catch up a day. And so it works. It's easy. And I want to tell you, the Word of God is powerful and living. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so the scripture goes on to say, For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which were, are seen were not made of the things which are visible. I love the way Chris teaches through the Bible. It's the way that I teach through the Bible. It's what we do at our Bible college. It's so vital because, my friends, you'd think this is everywhere, but it isn't. We, we live near a military uh, uh, community. We're by 29 Palms Marine Corps Base, the largest in the world. So we have people come through all the time. They're there for two or three years, and they get transferred somewhere else. We are always getting letters and phone calls. We can't find a church that's just teaching through the Bible and the Word of God. And once you get used to that, you, you don't, nothing else works for you. It's like having a steak compared to ground up baby food to eat. You know, I mean, there's a big, big difference because the word of God is living, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And when Chris was in Bible college, I used to drive this into him and all our Bible college students. It doesn't even matter how bad your sermon is. If you do a, a chapter of the word of God, people are going to get something, Right? It's a reality. It's a word of God. And for you, it may be one verse. For you, it may be another. And for somebody else, another. But the word of God is living. Here's the other thing. And I was discussing this with Chris and Lydia. We have a large church. But really, we have very little counseling that we do. You know why? Because after teaching the word of God for 25, 30 years in a church, here's the deal. People understand something. I'm either going to walk with God or I'm not. And here's the deal. You know what? If you don't want to walk by faith, I could counsel you from now till kingdom come. It isn't going to do you any good. <laughs> so you either want to or not. But the word of God, as it's taught in context throughout the scriptures, there's a balance there. And we're not going to be blown about by every wind of doctrine that comes through as well. Now, the scripture goes on in verse number four. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying to his gifts, through it, he being dead still speaks. Now, I want to I point something out. This is the honor roll of faith. The very first example that we have by faith is giving by faith. Do you realize that in the Bible, Jesus talked more about money than he did heaven or hell? You know why? Because you talk more about money than you do heaven and hell. And the reality is money's a pretty big part of our life, right? I mean, we spend a lot of our time either making it, spending it, or thinking of how we're going to pay for what we just bought, right? And I don't know about you, but Marilee and I have a gift. And that gift is this. Wherever we go in whatever store, we can immediately pick out the most expensive things. 
Oh, we like that. Of course we like that, you know. And the reality is this. Why is it that God wants us to give in the first place? Is he going to go broke if we don't give? No, that has nothing to do with it. Jesus would tell us this. Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So if very simple, my friends, if I keep everything for myself, my heart is selfish. And we're born selfish. And here is the thing. What is eternal? What is eternal? Is your house eternal? Your car eternal? Your clothes eternal? There's only one thing that's eternal. It's people's souls, right? So here's the thing. If we're not helping out of what God has blessed us with to help spread the gospel, do we really believe or not? Do we believe that it's powerful? And that's the very first thing. Now, the other thing that I'm, I'm 60. I just turned 60 this year. That took a while. You know, 60? That means there's a six in front of my zero. Marilee and I, we were listening to this song, I'll Love You Till I'm 70. And I said, you know, that's not so far away. <laughs> I've gotten used to it now. But here's the deal. Life's full of drama, isn't it? I mean, we just had the opportunity for the holidays. That means families get together. Opportunities for drama, right? Because we're all unique and some are a little bit more unique than the others and they, the unique ones all show up for Christmas. <laughs> all right? Look at the family drama. The very first family, you have Cain and Abel. And Cain is jealous of his brother Abel and the Lord speaks to him. Sin is crouching at the door of your heart. But you can master it. Well, we know the story, obviously. He doesn't master it, does he? He kills his brother. Over what? Because his brother gave to the Lord an offering that was acceptable. And he had a bad heart. The very first by faith. I want you to say something with me. Let us live by faith. Say it together. Let us live by faith. Again, let us live by faith. By faith, Enoch was translated so that he did not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Now, Enoch is a great picture in the Bible because he walked with God and was not because God took him. So he is a picture of the rapture uh, in the Bible. And people go, well, what about Noah? Noah is a picture of the 144,000 Jews that would go through the Great Tribulation. But Enoch is a picture of the rapture because he was a contemporary of Noah and took him. I love this part about the story of Enoch. In the book of Genesis, you read this. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God. Well, that's pretty much the way it works, right? You get married, you know, you're all excited. You get married and then you have a baby and you go, oh, God. Now what am I going to do? I need you in my life. You better guide me and lead me because i got to take this thing home with me. And how do you care for one of these things anyway? In verse number six, I want you to look at the Bible with me. For without faith, it is difficult to please him. Without faith, it's really, really hard to please him. Is that what it says? Without faith, it is impossible. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. My friends, I want to tell you something. The Bible's full of rewards for following him. You realize in the Gospel of Matthew, it says when we pray, Secretly, nobody else knows there is a reward. There's a reward when we fast where nobody else knows. There is a reward when we give a cup of cold water to a little one. There is a reward. 
There is a reward in our lives. And the Bible tells us in the book of Romans that nothing that we face here can compare to the glory that shall be revealed in us. So without faith, it is impossible to please him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, preparing an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world because he became an heir of the righteousness which is accordance to faith. I want to tell you, when we begin to live by faith, we condemn the world. Our very actions, you don't even have to say anything. And those unbelievers around you are going, you're judging me, you're condemning me. No, it isn't that at all. It is the power of the truth of the living God. Noah was warned. And I want to tell you, this generation, us right here today, we've all been warned. Save yourself from this corrupt generation. In the last days, there will be perilous times. And we are living in those days. I want to tell you what's happening in the Mideast is taking my breath away and it's biblical prophecy being fulfilled. Russia coming down from the north and establishing a base in Syria, that is biblical prophecy. There are some things that we need to be watching for. One, there is a prophecy that says Damascus will be destroyed. That has never, ever happened in history. Damascus is the oldest city in the world. We know it's filled with chemical weapons because Assad has used them, the uh, militants have used them. There is Russia there now as well with Iran in the picture and nuclear war. All of these things. Now is not the time, my friends, to be messing around with God. And then in our own country, we have watched our nation wholeheartedly turn away from the Lord in such a rapid place that we can't even recognize it as America anymore. It's unbelievable. So we have been warned, save yourself from this corrupt generation. Noah had a ministry of a hundred years as a preacher of righteousness. Who ended up getting saved in that hundred years? Who? Just his family. My friends, I want to tell you, saving your family, that's a big deal. It's a big deal, and my friends, our kids are going to be more influenced by what we say, I mean, excuse me, by what we do over what we say. And that's where our lives at home need to be those examples of faith that we're living it by faith at home. They're a part of it. They see that, that the Lord is the most important thing in our life. That's living by faith, and Noah did. And I want to tell you, his family was saved. That was a wonderful blessing. I want you to say it with me again. Let us live by faith. Let us live by faith again. Let us live by faith. Was Noah perfect? No, he wasn't perfect. In verse number eight, by faith. Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place he would afterwards receive it as an inheritance. He went out not knowing where he was going. Abraham's called the father of faith in many places. And again, here's how faith works. We take one step at a time. Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. And my friends, you've got to understand something by life. You know, is God going to map out the next 40 years in your life? It, is it going to map out the next 40 months for you in your life, the next 40 days? You see, my friends, our journey by faith is one day at a time. Now, in Abraham's journey of faith, was he perfect? Well, let's see, he gets there. There's a drought in the promised land. He, rather than seeking the Lord, he does what everyone in the world, in that area of the world did. He goes down to Egypt. His wife was drop-dead gorgeous. Sarah looked a lot like Merrily. <laughs> and so he gets down there. He's afraid Pharaoh's going to take him into his harem. And you know what? She's my sister. Well, that ain't such a great man of faith, is he? 
It worked once. He tried it again, right? And so here's the thing that encourages me. My friends, these people weren't perfect. And we got to understand, are, are you going to be perfect? Yeah, no, it's, what is today, the third? Some of you have already messed up. It's only three days into the new year, right? Yeah, we're not going to be perfect, are we? But here's the, the thing. When we take the steps of faith every single day, by faith, I'm living by faith. I believe that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I want to walk with him. I want to follow him. And you know what happens? Just like this, another year is going to pass by. Just like this, another year is going to pass by. And you know what? One day, we'll take our last breath and we'll be with Jesus. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of him of the same promise. You see, my friends, if we're going to live by faith, we've got to understand something here. This world's not our home. If we think this world is our home, then our priorities are going to be messed up. Abraham lived as a sojourner in the land. He dwelt in a tent. I'll tell you who dwelt in a house, Lot. Lot dwelt in a house, right, in Sodom. But Abraham is walking by faith, and he never fully received what he was seeking for because we read in verse number 10, for he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. That's the new Jerusalem. We're still waiting for that city as well. New Jerusalem has 12 different foundations. The city that is built by God is yet in our future. And it goes on to say, by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. When she bore a child, when she was past the age, because she who judged him was faithful who had promised. Now again, my friends, how'd that story go? The Lord and two angels visit Abraham, right? By this time next year, Sarah is going to have a child. You remember Sarah was on the other side of the tent. What was she doing there? Listening. You know, she was listening. What are they talking about in there? And what happened when she heard those words? She, and then she got confronted that she laughed and she lied. Okay, so we get this incredulous laugh and we get a lie. Aren't you feeling better about yourself already? But I want to tell you something about the honor roll of faith. Only the victories are recorded. That's not what it says here. Because you know what the reality was? She did believe. Yeah, she messed up at the first. But she did believe. And she walked by faith and she had a child. And my friends, you ever mess up? But I want to tell you what the enemy does. The enemy, when you mess up, tries to throw you aside and say, you're not, what are you doing here in church anyway? You even got your Bible open. That's the enemy. Condemnation comes from the enemy. Conviction comes by the Holy Spirit. But I want to tell you, no matter where you've been or what you've done, the Lord will forgive you. Your sins and your lawless deeds, he will remember. Your Some of you don't know that or believe it. Now, if I spend a little bit more time with you, you should be going, no more! <laughs> right? All of us. Now, the scripture goes on. Therefore, from one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars in the sky, and multitude innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were assured of them, and embraced them, and confessed. And again, here's that point. Confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. 
Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he's prepared a city for them. My friends, do you want to go back? You want to go back into the world? Because they had an opportunity. They, they could have gone back had they wanted to. Abraham could have turned around and gone, ah, this is enough of this, I'm going back to, to the world. Do you want to do that? Or do you want to keep your eyes focused on Jesus? The author and the finisher of your faith. Do you want to see Jesus and walk with him? I want to tell you, especially for the young people, when you're young, and we have a Christian school, we've had a Christian school for 20 years now, and I watch kids in high school raised in Christian homes, and for some of them, they think they're missing out on something. If I really gave my heart to the Lord now, I, I'll miss out on something. I'll miss out on that fun. I'll miss out on that party. Oh, my friends, there's no missing out on anything when you follow Jesus. He came to give you life and give you life more abundantly. I've had opportunity in my life to know people who are married almost 70 years. And they were faithful to each other during those 70 years. And I want to tell you something. There's no greater joy. And there's no greater love than having married. And then you look at the world. The world says, oh, now to really live, you got to party. You know, you got to be with a lot of people. And, and so you end up with dogs like Ed Sheehan, who, is that his name? Charlie Sheehan. George Sheehan. This is how much I care. Charlie Sheehan. You know, I tell our church back home, the older I get, the more exciting it's going to be to come to church. In fact, we may start selling tickets at a certain point, you know. Charlie Sheen, who by his own admission has been with over 200 women in the last couple of years. He has HIV AIDS. Okay, and a lot of them are going to sue him because he never told them. Okay, which person would you rather be and who had more fun? Hey, really? Would you want to be Bill Cosby? I, really? Isn't it just pathetic? And again, when you do what's right and you walk by faith, I want to tell you it gets better and better and more wonderful and more wonderful and more wonderful. And I'm speaking from personal experience because I was married for 31 years and my wife went home to be with the Lord. And I want to tell you, finishing that race, I merrily lived exactly the same life was married the exact same amount of time, and her husband went home with the same cancer. It worked so well the first time, we decided to try it again. <laughs> and we're already seven years into it, and you know what? We're having a great life. And again, do we always understand everything that's going to happen to us in our lives? No, we don't always understand. We'll find out when we get to glory. And, and we'll never ask the question, why did that happen? But I, Marilee and I were talking. We were driving down here from Idaho because we started two other churches in Idaho. Marilee had started one with her husband, Buell, Idaho, which my assistant pastor is now up there, and a number of people from Joshua Springs have moved there, and, and Twin Falls as well. Then we started the church in Rupert, Idaho, and some missionaries that were returning, awesome people from the Philippines, and God's just blessing them. In this last year, they were able to buy an entire elementary school, a city block, and a gymnasium, every all the classrooms, $50,000. And then the church that we've just started in Gooding, and they're on their own as well, and the church that we started in Gooding, it's only been going for a few months. They've got 75 people. They are renovating the old Gooding Hospital, which was built in the 70s. Beautiful, big facility. They will be able to 
grow, it, taking chunks of it as, as, as time goes on. And, and Chris and Lydia being here, we were talking about all the families that have moved because the Lord brought us together. Pretty amazing, actually. And the scripture goes on. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called. Accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, which he also received him in a figurative sense. I want to tell you something about Abraham's faith. It grew as it went on. And again, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the, the word of God. And this is, again, the cornerstone of this church is that of teaching through the Bible in a systematic way. So after a number of years, you will have gone through the entire Bible. And my friends, it is the way that has been laid out in the scriptures. Paul was in Ephesus three and a half years. He taught them the entire counsel of God's word. And I always share with young people in our, in our uh, Bible college, if I simply pick a few verses out of the Bible, and I preach from here this week, and from there next week, and from here, now I'm still preaching the Bible, right? How long will it take to take the church through the Bible? It'll never happen. You'll live there an entire lifetime. It will never happen one time. So Abraham is growing in his faith. He's believing. And what happens? Where are you at in Genesis now? 40? So you've already studied where Isaac was going to be sacrificed for Abraham and all of the spiritual implications of that prophecy that was laid out in that. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning the things to come. And again, my friends, do you remember the story? You're in Genesis, so that you've been through this. Well, you know, really, Isaac wanted to bless Esau. Esau was a man's man. Jacob was kind of a mama's boy. But he was going against what God had wanted and planned. And again, the blessing went. But look at what it says here. Only the victory is recorded. He did bless him. And I, again, want to say something. Raising children is an act of faith. By faith. And there is an importance in blessing your children. Uh, you know, one of the things that I did when my kids were, were young, I would go in and then lay with each one of them as they were getting ready to, to, to go to, to bed. Now, I'm not talking about our prayer meeting. I'm talking about, you know, 15, 20 second prayer, I'd lay down. And have you ever noticed this about children? Their time frame and your time frame never coincides. And, you know, you've been trying to work through something and finally they want to talk at one o'clock in the morning when you have to get up early the next day. You know, those types of things. It, it was funny. We had four teenagers at one time. Now, that meant we had four babies under the age of five, which was bad enough. But we thought, Jesus is coming back before they become teenagers. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> there was a time during that time we had four teenagers. People come up all excited, and they'd be going, we're going to have a baby. And inside, I'm going, I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you might want to reconsider. <laughs> So raising children is a by faith. And, and here's the thing. I do believe it's important that you speak blessing on your children. If you are constantly telling your child that they're an idiot, no good, don't be surprised when that's the way they end up growing up. I believe it's very important we literally speak blessing upon them. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. Walk in the ways of the Lord all the days of your life, praying a blessing over them at night, praying for who they're going to marry. Those are important things in our lives. And the scripture records it for us by faith. The scripture goes on to say, 
By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. Do you remember the day Joseph said, all these things are against me? You know, because uh, Joseph was no more, he thought. He didn't realize that he was yet going to see Joseph. And in our lives, there can be those journeys on our walk of faith where we go, everything's against me. No, it isn't. Do you believe that all things work together for good to those that love God? Two of you believe that. Do you believe that? All things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purposes. The Bible goes on, by faith, Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. Don't you love Joseph? You guys just got through studying the book of Genesis. I, he's a great guy, right? Is it not amazing to you that the one thing that was picked to be in the honor roll of faith wasn't overcoming his temptation with Bathsheba, wasn't being faithful in prison, wasn't being responsible when he was in charge, it wasn't that he didn't take revenge when he had opportunity to, it's this. I, I don't know, as far as I go, I'm going in the, in the account of Joseph, that's a rather insignificant thing. He just says, hey, when I die, take my bones out of Egypt here. You see, my friends, we'll have no idea in our lives sometimes the impact of something that we didn't even realize at the time that we did it, the eternal impact that there will be. The scripture goes on. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw that he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. My friends, I want to tell you there is a time where we have to go against the government. Obviously, we're Americans. Let's see, the American Revolution was going against the government, right? And in the book of Acts, we have the apostles. I'm in the book of Acts on Sunday morning. The apostles are arrested. They're forbidden from teaching or sharing in the name of Jesus. And they said, well, you judge whether it's right for you, but we're going to obey God over man. And my friends, it's amazing because, again, we face ourselves with a loss of our constitutional rights in our country that is happening at warp speed. And... Could there come a time where for our faith we're punished? Well, let's see. There were a couple bakers up in Oregon that just, the government confiscated their bank account. And at the same time, there was a couple of Muslims who refused to deliver pork or something. They were given $250,000. Is something just crazy wrong? Loretta Lynch comes out and says that if you say anything against Muslims, that it's going to be a crime, a hate crime. So a couple weeks ago in church, because we're on TV, we videotape everything we have. I looked at the camera and I said, Loretta Lynch, I want you to know something. The Islamic Religion isn't just a religion. It's a political ideology of world domination that's demonic and base. And all you have to do is see the disaster that they create everywhere. Does that mean all Muslims are that way? No. But those who are following the book, yeah, it is. And I said, I've recorded it for you. Because I don't want to be afraid and I'm not going to live in fear. I'm not going to live in fear of being hauled away because I refuse to do a homosexual wedding, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to. I'm going to stand for what is right. And again, Moses' parents broke the law. The law was throw your baby boy into the crocodile-filled Nile. But I want to tell you, by faith, they broke the law. By faith. Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. 
And again, you have to understand, is there a pleasure in sin? Of course there is. It is the bait on the hook. Now, I know you've got a hunting and fishing uh, ministry here. So when you go out to fish, first of all, you find out what that fish wants to eat, right? You don't just throw a hook in the water. You find out what that fish wants to eat, and then you bait it with the best possible bait that when he eats it, what is the purpose? That you can yank him out of the water and fillet him and put him on a fire and eat him. And that's exactly what Satan's desire is with sin. You got to understand, is there a momentary feel good in sin? Of course, there is the passing pleasure of sin. But all sin, the wages of sin is death every single time. Esteeming the reproach of Christ of greater riches than, uh, than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked for the reward. My friends, I want you to look for the reward. There is a reward. You know what it is? The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 21, there's coming a day where there'll be no more pain or sorrow or crying or mourning or death. There's coming a day where we will be with Jesus forever and ever. There's coming a day where we'll never say goodbye again. There'll not be any tear and absolutely everything will be more perfect than we could have ever dreamed or imagined. Our very best day here is only a down payment. It's just a tiny little fraction of what it's going to be in heaven. Now, the opposite is true here. If you're not a believer, the very worst sick pain that you've ever felt in your life is just a tiny little down payment of what hell is forever. So we get a little taste of it. But there is a reward that shall never pass away. In the book of Revelation, you just taught Revelation, right? So in Revelation 2 and 3, seven letters to seven churches. Remember that? There is one line that is the same in all seven letters. To him who overcomes. 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 And what are they? All different rewards. So that's what it's awaiting us. The scripture goes on to say, by faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch him. And again, obviously, uh, you're going to be going through that when you get into Exodus. It's all a picture of the cross of Jesus Christ. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. In our walk of faith, we're going to face impossible situations like this. They had a mountain on one side, they had a mountain on the other side. The Red Sea was to their back, and the armies of Pharaoh was coming, ready to mow them down. God makes a way where there doesn't seem to be a way, and we just have to trust him by faith. I want you to say it with me again. Let us live by faith. Again, let us live by faith. Again, let us live by faith. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. All right, I love this story. Joshua gathers together his commanding officers. They cross the promised land, and they go, what's the battle plan for taking Jericho? Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're all going to march around the city. We're going to march around the city for seven days, and on the seventh day, we're going to march around it seven times and blow trumpets. I'm pretty sure there had to be someone in the crowd going, can we get a new leader? Uh, Yoo-hoo. This guy's been out in the sun too long. There are times where God's ways are not our ways. And we think, how could this ever work by stepping out in faith in this way? But I want to tell you, it's exactly what he's called us to do. By faith, the harlot Rahab. Well, we could stop right there. Few of you probably have to feel better about yourself already. <laughs> the harlot Rahab. My friends, I want to tell you something. Again, it doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. What matters is giving your heart to Jesus to be your Lord and Savior because 
we become new creations in Christ Jesus. We're not the same people. There is a Gerald Hagerman that died in 1975. You would have never wanted to know him. And we become new creations in Christ Jesus. And the Bible's full of people whose entire lives have been changed to give us that hope in our lives. By faith, Rahab, the harlot Rahab, did not perish with those who did not believe when she received the spies with peace. She believed. God's already been speaking to our hearts that you're coming, and I believe. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson. Samson made it? Are you kidding me? Samson's in the honor roll of faith, that loser? I mean, he was raised by godly parents who were great. He was good looking. He had all this physical strength. And yet his life is a train wreck, right? It's a train wreck until when? It's a train wreck until the moment before he dies, he surrenders his heart to the Lord and he prays to the Lord. And I want to tell you, his name is in the honor roll of faith. Through my 40 years of being a pastor, I prayed with lots of people on their deathbed. There's actually only been three people in 40 years who were facing death that did not open up their heart to the Lord. And unfortunately, I do all their funerals. The reality is this. At any moment, we can come to the Lord. Samson's name there. And then, look at what happened. And Jephthah and also of David. Wow. I mean, First and Second Samuel, that's all about David, right? The book of Psalms, all about David. And what do we find here in the honor roll of faith? Just his name. His name is there. It's listed. And obviously not all the stories and all the names could be listed because it goes on. And Samuel and the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained prophecy, uh, promises and stop the mouths of lions david or i mean excuse me that's daniel that he's talking about there again a stellar person daniel i love his testimony in the bible he quenched the violence of the fires escaped the edge of the sword out of weakness were made strong became valiant in battle and turned the fight of the armies of the aliens Women who received their dead raised to life. That's the widow of Zarephath and Elijah. And others were tortured. You see, up to this point, we have victories over circumstances. And my friends, there, there are going to be those that have miraculous victories over circumstances. But it turns here to those who had victory in and through their circumstances but we're not delivered. Do you realize, my friends, that we're living in a time in which there are more Christians being martyred now than at any time in the history of the world? The oldest Christian communities in the world are being decimated. There are thousands and 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 thousands of Christians who are refusing to convert to Islam, even though it means having their head cut off. Women who will be raped because they will not convert. Families who will have their children taken from before their eyes. Because they will not convert. How do they do it? By faith. Still others had trials of mockings and scourging. And yes, others, chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. Tradition tells us that was Zechariah the prophet. They were sawn in two. Tradition tells us that was Isaiah the prophet. They were tempted. They were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, and torment. 
of, the, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. All these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. And just a few verses in chapter 12. Therefore. Whenever there's a therefore, you guys see what it's there for. Therefore, because of all these that have gone before us, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, as set down at the right hand of the throne of God. We're in a race. How do you win a race? One step at a time. You win a race by looking forward, not looking backward. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and what? The finisher. He who began a good work in you will not leave you unfinished. Aren't you glad? Some of you have a house full of unfinished projects. Some of you, your house is an unfinished project. But God's not going to leave you as an unfinished project. And here's the thing. As we run that race, we're all on the same team. It's like in, in a cross country. They take the times and the scores of the whole team. And so it is with us. And that's where on that race on the road of life, are, are we going to come across brothers and sisters who have stumbled and fallen? You bet. And you know what we're called to do? You who are spiritual, gently restore those who have fallen. Not in a place of holier than thou and I'm better than you, lest you yourself know that you'll also be tempted, right? We all have feet of clay. But he's called us, and here's the thing. We win together. When we all stand together, did man invent the church? Was that man's idea of the church? Because there are those today who don't want to assemble together, and they're completely contradicting the scriptures. Because the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is the manner of some, and even more so as you see the day approaching. You know why? Because it isn't just about us, is it? it? It's about all of us together. And when we all come together and we all take our part in the body of Christ, it gets multiplied and God is able to do what none of us could do. Do you see that? So it's his plan. Now you know what that means? We have people. Everything's pretty simple until you throw in people. Because we all have unique personalities, right? And all of us have failings. And all of us have strong suits. But I want to tell you, when we all stand together as one, you know what's going to happen? This Tooele County Valley is going to change. It's going to change for Jesus Christ. And that's something nobody can do by themselves. It can all happen when we stand together as one. Amen? Let's stand. If you wouldn't mind closing your eyes, because again, I hope you understand, I'm not talking about being a cultural Christian. I'm talking about every single one of us surrendering our heart to the Lord and saying, I believe. That's faith. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, who's come into the world. 
And when we believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again and we ask him into our heart to be our Lord and Savior, guess what? He comes in and we become a new creation in Christ Jesus and the old is past and the new is there. So I'd like everyone to close their eyes. But if you want to get your heart right with the Lord, would you raise your hand? I'm not, I promise, I'm not going to embarrass you, call you out. But I do believe there comes a time where we have to make a decision in our heart and life. And we need to make a stand. So raise your hand. All right? Well, let's all pray together. Lord Jesus, I do believe that you are the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the living God. I do believe that you died on the cross to pay the price for my sins. And now, Lord, I want you to be Lord of my life. I invite you into my heart. I ask for forgiveness of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I want more than anything else to walk by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. If you would like individual prayer, we'd love to pray with you. It's always such a great joy to come and see. And we are thrilled beyond measure at what God's doing here in Tooele. So let's give the Lord a hand. Hello.